0: Hello, and welcome to Mind body Greens beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Ingler. In the beauty industry, there are so many subcategories, each requiring a different and very unique knowledge base. You know, think about the differences between hair care, makeup, body work, skincare, and so on. Sure, all of beauty is interconnected on some level, but knowing how to expertly trim and blend a haircut is a much different skill set than applying a professional facial. So meeting someone who is trained and certified as a hairstylist, makeup artist, and esthetician, well, that is a triple threat. And that is just who we are talking to today. Tiffany Lee is a beauty expert who is trained in all three categories, making her an especially useful source for all things beauty. Today, we are talking about all of the mistakes she sees across the board and her own must haves. Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Alex. I'm so excited to chat with you today, all things skincare and makeup and wellness. You know, we we have known each other for almost a year, obviously not in person, but we know each other digitally. We had a wonderful workshop together. And I'm excited to touch base with you again and get some more of your insider tips because you are just such a, an incredible resource for us at the MBG beauty community. So I cannot wait, but I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And I I would just love if you could share your story. How did you get interested in beauty?
1: Thank you so much. Uh, This is such a privilege just to be able to share uh, my experience, my journey as it's continuing to change and just evolves. So I'm very, very excited to be here. And my story or how I got interested in beauty was honestly, I was very intrigued at an early age, just watching my mother, I would see her in the bathroom applying toner and essence. And I was like, what is that? Why does she keep patting it into her skin? What is this clear liquid that she just keeps pressing? And I just did not understand. And at the time, her, I guess, self-care or treat to herself was go to a department store and makeup that she's been waiting to purchase after, you know, receiving her check, you know, from work. And she would wait for that moment where you get a gift with purchase. And I just thought that was so cool. And it was just like a present that she just gave to herself. And I just love witnessing that.
0: And I think from yeah. there, I just kind of grew and it just sparked. I love those first memories that we have with beauty because they really do illuminate, you know, the almost like the rest of our our journeys with beauty in a way, because, you know, you, you identified this huge part with your mother, that it was clearly a moment of a gift to herself. It was a moment for herself. It was a self-care moment for herself. I I would, knowing your, you know, kind of general idea on how you take care of yourself, I would assume that that, that through line has connected through your whole career, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I think I didn't really realize it until much later, but it was such a natural integration into my work and career and lifestyle. It just, yeah, it just blended together so seamlessly that it was not until later that I noticed or realized that it was definitely started by witnessing my mother and how she took care of herself that, that resonated into my life.
0: Okay. So, you know, you see your mother experiencing beauty that kind of sets you on this beauty path, but you know, I'd love to know how you got into the career that you have now. You obviously are very involved with beauty. You are a makeup artist and esthetician. You even do hair care, you know, so how did you create a career for yourself in beauty?
1: Yeah, actually my journey started pretty early on. Not that it was planned. My brother we were in middle school and he asked me he goes, "Can you cut my hair?" And I go uh, I was like, "I don't know if I can cut it and if I do mess up, you can't get mad at me." So we bought a pair of clippers and back then I think, you know, the places you would go to were either like Supercuts or like these like, you know, chain places or a Tony guy which we couldn't afford. We're like, that's so expensive. So or like a Asian salon like where I we our parents would take us to like a Korean salon and They did not understand English, so we would just end up with whatever they gave us. So I think we were all fed up as teenagers. And he was like, can you just like fade my hair? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And so I'll just do it, but just don't get mad at me. (laughs) And I ended up just started, I just kind of, you know, visualize what other men look like or boys and their haircuts, and it came out fine. And I did not know I knew how to cut hair. And so from there that ended up I was like okay well if I can cut his hair maybe I can trim my own hair and I just literally started cutting my own hair and since then I think I was probably about 12 years old and now I'm almost 40 I've been cutting my own hair since and it's wow. so funny yeah and so that that kind of set like I guess like a spark in my mind or my you know thoughts I was like okay well maybe you know I can learn how to cut hair because where I live, I felt, and this might just be my own personal opinion, but it's Asian hair texture is a little bit different or, and I have thick, you know, coarse hair more so at that time. And it just, people didn't know how to blend my hair. And so it looked really blunt and choppy. And so it just looked felt like a disaster. And, you know, when you're a teenager, it really means a lot when you look okay and you feel like you want to fit in and everybody else, they look so like their hair looks so nice. And I just felt like I got butchered. So I just started cutting my own hair. And then maybe like three or four years later, I met someone that was uh, like an older friend and she was maybe four years older. And she's like, hey, Tiffany, like I'm going to go to Tony and Guy hair school. And I, and I was like, huh, they have a school, you know, I just didn't really think of it. And she's yeah. like, yeah, you want to go with me? And then that kind of started the whole process of my whole career.
0: And then, you know, I'm assuming once you went to go to school for it, that kind of opened the doors into makeup and skincare.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I learned everything I did. So I'm a licensed cosmetologist. And yeah, since I was 18, that's where I professionally started the career and never looked back ever
0: since. So you, having known your work, you do lean a little bit more into the holistic approach to to skin and beauty and you know i'm curious you know what what is your beauty philosophy and how does that play a role in it
1: yeah i used to think that external beauty was so important especially when i was younger i think there was a lot of comparison a lot of wanting to fit in to be noticed, admired, the feel good, look good, you know, idea. And as you realize or as you experience that, it can only take you so far. It can only give you so much joy. And then it starts becoming maybe you're, what's the right word, a poser or just, you know, kind of creating an image of yourself that you think you are, but really you can be so detached from that in a lot of ways that people start identifying you that way. And then as I've obviously experienced life and have been able to be on the other side, being able to cut people's hair, do makeup for um, others and skincare, you realize the power and what they're really, how they view themselves and really what you see in them because what we're our own worst critics. So being able to see others and see what their experience is and what their perspective is it really humbles you and really allows you to look inwards and see like wow okay this is not the only way to view beauty and how can we accept ourselves and really be proud of what we have and what we're how we're created because I think we were trained and programmed in a lot of ways to look a certain way by media by you know popular people, celebrities and whatnot. And I think that can really damage a lot of people in the way that they, of what they believe is beauty. And so I'm really still diving in and trying to unlearn a lot of those things that subconsciously, you know, you just think about, but now I'm like, okay, how do we approach beauty and, and allow those external beauty tips and things that we do, but let it be. Um, a positive thing versus something to mask or to yeah. hide or to cover any pain or anything that you're feeling.
0: Yeah. I love that point where it is about finding a balance between owning yourself and also doing these things to make you feel feel better. And a follow-up question to to your answer is just what are some ways that you do work internally? And, you know, what are some ways that you work on this with yourself? Is it about just acknowledging that the thoughts are happening? Are there things that you practice, like mindful techniques to kind of get you over these, like, I I, wanna, I almost want to call them like self-conscious hurdles. Is there anything that you do?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I am working with a therapist. So I think for the past few years, I finally made that step to do more inner work and really dive in to see like, where is this coming from? Why do I feel not worthy enough? Why do I not feel enough? Why do I feel like I have to continue to like, you know, where is this all coming down? You know, where, where's this rooted? And so it's very interesting to see because honestly like my whole life I was like oh this is normal yeah like we all go through this you know like this and that and you just kind of brush it off and I thought that's okay but I think once you once you decide to do this inner work it just you know things kind of get peeled like an onion like you have one layer you work through and you're like oh my gosh and it doesn't have to be so complicated which i think a lot of people think it could be so complicated but it's like so simple where i'm like oh my gosh when i was like if i look at if i think about the little tiffany i just never felt like anybody cared about my opinion or nobody paid attention to me and it's just something and that was my own perspective and my own story but really people probably did it's just that was my story And how do I look at that little girl and be like, you know, and try to go back and like heal that, right? And all of that stems, all of that unworth or like not feeling worthy or not enough, all that, like you can, through this inner work and mindfulness and just knowing like where my triggers or insecurities are, I'm like, oh, is that really for real? Or is that something I'm making up? Or is that a a feeling that I felt before that I'm just like it's just rising up again, and so I'm trying to. It's such a hard process because I'm trying to take a pause and not just respond. Because I think naturally I just respond to um, whatever's going on. But I'm like, oh wow, I have to take a moment and see where this is coming from.
0: So you know, I'm curious what what is your relationship with wellness and well being? Because I do think that is such a uh, an important part of any beauty conversation because the two can be so married. You know, do you have a wellness journey?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a continuous journey. It is changing, has changed through different stages of my life. When I was younger, it was more about the physical appearance and following more of a regimen and structure and by the book and just kind of following whoever I thought was, you know, The person to follow, whether it be like a celebrity or, you know, an expert. And then now, you know, as I've, you know, experienced more life and have two kids, I'm taking a step back. Now I'm learning to just take a step back and refocus, try to realign and see where I need that attention. And that could be maybe supplementing something into my, you know, diet or taking a step back and just being like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep. Like everything kind of changed. It doesn't necessarily have to be something beauty related, but everything aligns or everything works together where if something's not balanced in my relationship, let's just say my romantic relationship, it's going to affect every part of my wellness and my being because that's like activating my cells to be like so tense and ready to attack. Let's just say if I'm feeling threatened by my partner. And so it's so funny because we're so good at trying to compartmentalize things in our lives, but they all sync together no matter what, whether we want to deny it or not. I mean, everything affects each other.
0: Oh, it totally does. And I, you know, I think about even my own experiences with all the things that you were saying. And it's, you know, if I'm having a bad work day, then all of a sudden my relationships with my friends are strained or you know i'm short on the phone with my with my mom or you know all of a sudden i i'm not in the mood to cook myself a nice dinner or a healthy dinner and it's it's all interconnected and once you realize that and you get over this myth that you can compartmentalize then you realize how important it is to take care of your entire self right
1: yes agree with you completely
0: so you mentioned your kids and the last time we spoke, you had just had your second child. And, you know, you mentioned that she is almost one. Correct, she? Yes. Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I, I I like asking this question occasionally just because I do think it, it it inspires very thoughtful answers. And the question is, how did becoming a parent change your views on beauty or or did it at all?
1: Yes, I love this question. It really... Pivoted and changed my life completely. Once, I mean, I don't know if it's more so because I have the girl or I have two girls, but just when I think of them, I see myself as a younger child. And I'm like, wow, you know, I wish that I want my girls to always know that they are whole, they are perfect just the way they are. Every feature that they have, what they're born with is unique and their own. And, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I felt that way when I grew up. So it's so important for me to really make sure that they already know and they're not they They will be affected by the outside world no matter what, but how do I, you know, really make sure that they know that they're already perfect. We all come out perfect in this world whether or not we want to really believe it, but we all are perfect. And makeup, skincare, hair care, wellness are all an act of love and self-care to ourselves. And I want them to use that as tools to help boost their mood or energy, calm their nervous system, or just have fun and be creative. I want it to be tools versus something that they feel they have to do because they need to fit in, which I felt like I had to do because I wanted to fit in.
0: Ah. I love that answer. So I want to get on to some of the, the more beauty-focused end of, of this conversation. And, and I want to ask, you know, about your experiences with treating people and working with people. You are obviously a skincare and makeup and hair care expert. You are expert all around. So, you know, I just have some fun beauty tip questions and things of the like. And the first thing I want to ask you is what are some of the biggest hurdles that you see people experience with skincare? Are there things that you see that, you know, people just like they're always, you know, doing X, Y, Z wrong? Are there things that you experience there?
1: Yes, I think first, people don't realize that everybody's different and when i think when people want to follow someone they admire or they are obsessed with their skin or routine it won't necessarily fit for them because their chemical balance as well as their skin, everything about them they're so completely different from this other person there can be guidelines where you can educate them and be like oh yeah you know i would suggest trying these things but it may not be exactly because i have for instance like on my instagram I get so many DMs are like, can you tell me everything that you're using? I'm like, I I can and I share it on my social, but it doesn't mean that that will work best for you. And I think that's one thing that I see often. And then a very, very, very often I see people that are not patient or consistent. And I think we live in a world where we're so programmed for instant gratification and results because we are. Just so visual, seeing everything on social media or the internet or whatnot. And there's just so much comparison. And I think we live in a little bit of a world as well where people are just kind of able to just, you know, I guess just elevate themselves very quickly. And it's not truly realistic for the everyday person. And so I think having patience and consistency is really tough for general, like of people that I deal with or you know, patients and clients that I meet.
0: What are some just skincare mistakes that you see as in people are using ingredients wrong or Mm -hmm. they don't know how to properly use this tool or or whatever it is? Are there mistakes that you just keep on running into?
1: Yes. Overexfoliation is definitely Mm -hmm. one. I think people are just, you know, like I said, you know, following someone that they love and they just They're not really educated to know that maybe, you know, use this and give it a break, use it once a week or, you know, every other day. So there are certain things like that where people, I feel like they're just trying everything that someone may just, you know, review and say, wow, this is amazing. There's that. And then that can really ruin your skin's barrier. We've talked about that before.
0: Okay, over exfoliation is a very common topic today, mainly because the beauty industry spent the last decade encouraging people to use endless chemical peels, face brushes, and scrubs in their routine. And now the pendulum is swinging in the other direction where most skincare professionals will caution you not to exfoliate too much. It's certainly an ideology that we can get behind. Now most, beauty pro- now, most beauty professionals will recommend somewhere between one to three times a week as a good amount of exfoliation, you know, depending on your specific tolerance, but it is also important to note that some people cannot even tolerate that. And that is okay. If you find that you can really only exfoliate once a month or not even at all, you shouldn't feel pressure to add it into your routine because you think it is some sort of necessary step. The only necessary steps are the ones that work for you. Additionally, I always like to remind people that your routine could already be filled with sneaky exfoliation steps. For example, many face washes and toners use AHAs, which means you're already exfoliating daily even if it is very mildly. Or if you use a towel to dry your skin, then that can even act as a mild physical exfoliant. So just some things to keep in mind as you find your right exfoliation balance. And another
1: big thing that I come across with just people is not wearing SPF. (laughs) You can do all the work and then If you don't wear SPF, you just go back to damaging your skin. So and also another thing is overcomplicating your skincare. I think you can simplify it and get very good results as well.
0: Yeah, just to go back to the SPF point, I run into this problem a lot, too, where people don't enjoy wearing it or they just can't seem to find one that works for their skin tone. Or they are afraid it might make them break out or they don't want to reapply it or, you know, whatever the myriad of complaints that we all so often get with SPF. Do you have any just like quick SPF tips that you tell people or do you have any that you practice yourself?
1: Well, I definitely apply it every morning after my skincare. And then I do have either a cushion that I will reapply, like say Mm -hmm. it matches my skin tone, say I'm wearing makeup, then I'll definitely have a cushion that I can just reapply throughout the day. And usually I know a lot of Korean brands are like so sophisticated and they've created that. And I know a lot more non-Korean or Asian brands are now making that. So I think there's more in the market now where it's a lot easier to find. And then also possibly a brush on mineral, yeah, SPF. I think it's better, or just wearing a hat or just something kind of like <laughs> like a, a protective hat that has the protection on there. So, yeah.
0: Sure, yeah. You know, I feel like we always, at least in the beauty space, we're always constantly telling people wear SPF, wear SPF, wear SPF. And that's a good thing. You know, I don't, I'm not downplaying that we should, but I think as a caveat to wear SPF, we should also gently remind people yeah, you can also use these other physical <laughs> tools that can help you protect yeah. yourself from the sun, as in hats, sunglasses, all these sort of things. I think, I think we so often forget to add that part of the formula to it. So I think that's a great reminder. You're right. Okay, so you also do makeup. And I, I'm curious, what are some makeup mistakes that you see?
1: Ooh, let's see. One can be where, and I don't know if it might just be something that's personal to me, but I feel like I could see people wearing way too much eyeliner where it may close up their eyes more when they're, and this it was something that I dealt with when I was younger, where I thought eyeliner would make my eyes bigger. And I look back at photos and I'm like, oh, I actually made it smaller. <laughs> And I don't really wear that much eyeliner anymore, which is so if you talk to the teenage and 20 year old Tiffany, she'd be like, are you crazy? I'm never going to not wear eyeliner. And (laughs) another one is wearing the wrong foundation shade. I've definitely can raise my hand. I've messed up many times. I think back then, too, it's like part of it could be like swatching you at the store that doesn't have a good light. And then or it might, you know, change once you apply it. Right. Or. Yeah. Yeah. I, or there might not be the shades that are available. I mean, I mean, I know now there's so many beauty companies that have so many shades available and that can be super intimidating as well or not enough. So. Yes
0: follow-up question to that, because I am somebody who definitely has been known to accidentally grab the wrong shade for myself. And I'm always so frustrated because then I take it home, I apply it in my own lighting or whatever it is. And I'm like, well, this is absolutely does not work for me. I I feel terrible about it because I hate product waste. And, yeah. you know, now I've also just like have this product that is no good and I can't do anything with, and it's just sitting on my vanity. So right. how can people actually test foundations to find one that works for them. Do you have any guides for that? Yeah, I I
1: like to swatch it along the jawline, like between okay. like your, yeah, where like your cheeks are and then all the way to your neck to really see. Because a lot of times there's a disconnection of shades of your skin tone. I know my body's a lot tanner than my face and it could be all the skincare that I'm using. <laughs> so mm, sure. I, I know that it looks different. And then what I like to do personally is I like to buy two shades where I think I could use as a summer shade and a winter shade. And, mm. and at that time too, like especially if it's something that I like the formulation, then I can mix it and um tailor it as needed as my skin may not, you know, be the same tone throughout the year. And then I feel like, okay, well, I have and then one I can use as like a faux highlighter or concealer or, you know, I just kind of have multi-uses for it.
0: I love that advice. I'm <laughs> I'm ashamed of I never thought of it. <laughs> we all learn something. I just yeah I'm like oh how can I use it differently? <laughs> sure. Yeah you know it's a good reminder there's always always multiple ways that you can wear and use products. So get creative. Yeah. I <laughs> There's no that's wrong,
1: yeah there's no wrong way to use makeup honestly. I mean, I'm sure there's probably going to be some but overall you can be very creative on how you use makeup.
0: So, you know, moving on to actually using makeup and makeup tips. I I would love to know what are some um techniques or what are some makeup tips that you think that anyone who wears makeup should know. Are there like Tried and true golden rules that you follow.
1: Oh, so there's a few tips I think, and it and it's, you know, it can be for the general, you know, like all different skin types and skin, you know, skin tones. But hydration is so important. I think people forget that that you know you need to have hydrated skin because your skin's like a sponge. So if you have dry skin, or even if you're oily, just being you might be oily, but very dry in certain areas like especially under your eye so it's really important to know where those areas need a little bit of hydration and then I think whatever you apply afterwards your makeup will already be a step up and I think that's the easiest thing that you could do to amplify your makeup another thing is sometimes less is more I probably didn't think that when I was like in my 20s or like mid 20s Early 30s, I think, and it's also kind of like depending on what the beauty trend is too. Because I remember I used to do full coverage, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like so plastic. <laughs> and then Now I'm like into my skin, right? I'm like, oh, now I get where other people are like, no, you don't need that much. And at that time, you know, my perspective was like, no, I need to look like a perfect plastic doll. You know?
0: Yep. Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I wear so much makeup in my. Early twenties, and I think back about it. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I agree.
1: That is so funny. Yeah. And so I think less is more. You can always add on. You can always, you know, play. And then another thing too, I run across from so many women that are so afraid of playing with makeup or using makeup, and I'm like, it's not permanent. Have fun. Mm. Try a color you never thought you would try. Try a lip color. I have so many women that don't even wear a lip color because they're just, it's just so foreign for them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it'll wipe off, you know, you can wipe off later, you know? (laughs) It's really interesting how people perceive makeup. So I think if we can have it to be fun and expressive and not, you know, something that's like forever in their, you know, where they feel like, oh, that's like how people are going to perceive me forever. Like, I think we need to help change that, you know, perspective within them that it's just fun
0: i i sometimes feel like i need to have some sort of signature makeup look and it's funny you say that because i have recently started realizing that that is i don't want to call it dated but i i also just think that that's just not how we experience makeup anymore i mean would do you kind of agree or yeah what are your thoughts on that okay
1: I do think people have their signature look, and it can be outdated. It's really hard. And I think that's the thing. It's the perspective that we have, right, of ourselves. And I think, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so hard to, you know, tell someone like, oh, you know, if you just try this, you know, this will look really, you know, good for this, or this will open your eyes. And I think as much as I can educate someone, and I see like, wow, that looks amazing. Until you accept your own self, like in whatever way that is, it's hard to break that. I have, yeah. I've taught so many classes to like some friends, and like they go back to the same thing, and I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I like all like that work like for nothing. With- Maybe like it's still like the same. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, let's modernize you. <laughs> Oh, so or, funny. You know, or let's just have different,
0: you know, have fun with it. Sure. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to move on to some skincare tips. And the first thing I want to ask is, you know, when you work with people, what are the most common skin concerns that people come to you with? Like what's happening out in the world right now in terms of skincare concerns? Are, are people super sensitive or are people dealing with acne a lot right now? Like what are you seeing?
1: yeah I think a lot of people are just aging honestly just mm-hmm. aging they're stressed yeah they're tired there's just so much so much going on, and I think their skin is basically showing what's happening what are, whether it's all internal, whether it's even like external like the mask and yeah I think not everybody's Like getting the negative aspect from this time of the pandemic. You know, I know a lot of people are more focused on skin right now because they can stay at home and work at home and whatnot. So, what I'm, what I notice that people are dealing with are just like, how do I prevent, you know, what's, what are some anti aging? And people are becoming so sophisticated in their knowledge of ingredients because of social media. And so, I think it's so wonderful. That people are starting to look and learn about what they're putting onto their skin. So there's like, I feel like there's a mix. Um, but I do think yeah. everyone's like trying to, you know, focus on anti aging as much as they can, putting on, you know, vitamin C or adding retinol into their, you know, skincare routine. And like I said, SPF. I think before, you know, we were so pre pandemic, it was just like, you could just cover any flaws or like pigmentation or acne
0: we could just cover Mm -hmm. with makeup right yeah so it's a little interesting it's you know it's interesting you say anti-aging because as somebody who is at an age where I would start to become interested in anti-aging in general you know I'm I'm in my early 30s this is right around as a beauty person, I've always been interested in the anti-aging, but, you know, for the general population, I feel like around your early 30s, even late 20s is kind of when people start taking it more seriously. Right. However, I will say that because of the pandemic, I think that I think about aging far more than I would. And I think it all comes back to this fact that we've been also, or at least I feel that I have been stagnant for the past two years. And I have this like internal thing where I'm like, these two years didn't count almost. And I don't want to look it on my face, you know, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, we didn't get to do anything for two years. I'm like, how dare I have a wrinkle, <laughs> you know?
1: Right. But we're the most I, stressed right now. We're the most stressed yeah. right now.
0: Know, and like, I know why my skin like is expressing those things. And I know that stress does play a huge role in aging and you know I know all of that like as a beauty person and as a person who studies this stuff yeah but there's still that part of my head that is like this isn't fair <laughs> right Absolutely. you know yeah anyway so it's just funny that you said that because that is I mean has been on my mind quite a bit. And just to piggyback off of it for my own selfish reasons is what, you know, what are some tips that you tell people when they start playing around with the anti-aging space? Are there ingredients that you love and tend to recommend people? You mentioned vitamin C and retinol. Are those your, your favorites? Do you have any others?
1: I love I love, I mean, if there's so many and it depends on what you're um, dealing with, but vitamin C, everybody needs to use vitamin C and needs to be like really, really good quality where it doesn't, where it's very stable. There's so many unstable vitamin C out there. So it's a little tricky, but vitamin C, whether you ingest it, take supplements topically, like just have a really healthy, you know, overall
0: balance of it. So vitamin C is very important to use topically and internally. I use both a vitamin C serum every morning and take a vitamin C supplement, as well as try to fill my diet with plenty of antioxidant-rich fruits and vegetables. So as some of you might know, your body can actually make its own antioxidants. However, vitamin C is not one of them. You have to ingest it or use it topically if you want it to work in your skin. And it is such a crucial antioxidant in skincare specifically because it plays a vital role in collagen production. Your skin cannot synthesize collagen without it. Additionally, it can also stabilize and protect the collagen already present in your skin as it is a free radical fighter. So all around vitamin C is very, very important for your precious skin cells. If you are looking to use it topically, I always recommend finding an option that is formulated with another stabilizing antioxidant such as vitamin E. Vitamin E is a very popular pairing because it can actually bolster the vitamin C in the formula and keep it from degradating as much over time. As for food, you know, always look for dark, leafy greens and citrus fruits.
1: So I think vitamin C is very, very crucial. Vitamin A is very crucial in, you know, our body, which can also be ret- retinol or retin-A, wait, <laughs> retinol. That doesn't apply to everybody, I would say. I, I know a lot of skincare experts would say, like, you should add retinol, but I don't, there are you know, alternatives as well. So I don't think that's for everybody per se. And what I notice within myself personally is I'm like, oh, I just need hydration. I didn't realize yeah. how hydrated I, I love drinking coffee. I love drinking wine. I love drinking water, but I notice I'd rather go to those other things a lot quicker, especially being at home. I'm like, oh, water just seems so... <laughs> so boring yeah but I'm like and I think being stagnant at home maybe because I'm not moving as much the water just doesn't seem as like enticing you know for my body mm-hmm. but I'm like and then all of a sudden I'm like quenching I'm like so thirsty so I'm like oh hydration is so important yes so I like a part of my like face or like skincare tip is really like layer your toner and I think before I would just do one layer and then I'm like oh no like I need to keep Mm. patting it in and it makes a huge difference from doing it once versus doing it like three times your skin will Mm. show a big difference of how glowy and hydrated and plump it is
0: okay layer I'm on it yeah (laughs) Layer. (laughs) okay what are some at-home facial tips that people can do? I, I would love to go over any of those just because I I know that I love treatments. And I also love when I can do treatments in the comfort of my own home. So if you have any tips for people to take extra care of their skin right now, I would love them.
1: Yes, I have, I love adding anything into my routine, but I'm also knowing that I'm a mother of two, I don't always have the time. So I love yeah. anything that where I could just wear it. So I've recently started using the infrared um mask on my face. Oh sure. And I'm just like if I'm, you know, whether I'm working or just like laying, you know, like just allowing myself to multitask. So I love that. That really helps with just healing your skin and, you know, to help boost collagen. And, you know, as I'm getting older, I can tell that I'm getting, like, I, I feel like my skin's not as plump. And so there's just so many benefits with the infrared. And then also massage, whether it's with your hands, whether it's with tools, anything that will help kind of just loosen up the muscles in your face as well as bring circulation. Because I noticed that because I'm not as active like I used to before, I'm like, whoa. Like, if I actually sure. massage my face, my face, the glow and the evenness of the skin tone is so much better if I just even do like 30 seconds of a facial massage.
0: Yeah. i this thing has to be it, perfect. Well, that was going to be my uh, follow-up uh, question slash point is, you know, people take facial massages so seriously, and which isn't a bad thing, but, you know, people want to know exactly what to do and exactly the hand movement and exactly, you know, how they should move along their face. And last time we spoke, you know, you were kind of like, don't take it too seriously. Just do what feels right. Yeah. I would love for you to talk about that just a little bit more that, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a, you know, a perfectly crafted facial massage. And, you know, why is that? Why do you give that recommendation?
1: every person holds their uses their muscles differently on their face first and you know best on where you're feeling tightness or pain or maybe just you know you can you everybody has a different perception of like where they need that you know extra attention so that's why it doesn't one routine won't fit all and one easy thing that i would just say that could you know it sounds a little bit silly but this is something that I know all my Korean moms and whatnot, what they do with their skin is when they use their toner, they literally like slap their face, but not in a yeah. way where it's painful, And they just slap that toner all over their face. And then that brings circulation forward. <laughs> but that's the easiest thing you'd even do. Even if you don't massage your face, you just tap, 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 tap everywhere. And it makes a huge difference. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's just a simple act of touching yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, so the last thing I want to ask you about your own routines. So why don't we start with what are your wellness must-haves? Do you have any routines throughout the day that are catered to your well-being that you just, you know, you, you always prioritize?
1: Yes, it's very new, but I am now really focusing on breathing. I notice that mm-hmm. I hold my breath so many times throughout the day. And I'm like, whoa, like I actually did a class last night and I was really resistant to take this class because it said it was a two and a half, two and a half hour class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to commit to two and a half hours. And I don't even know if I'll like enjoy it because I've done breath work where it's like so intimidating. And of course you get, you know, you feel great afterwards but there's this huge resistance. It's like how I feel about running. Like I can't, I do not like running. But I know once you pass that mental like point of like 10, 15 minutes, you're like, okay, you don't think about it. So breathing has Mm -hmm. been such an important thing. And I think just what the teacher just expressed to me was so amazing where he was like, you know, we come into this world and the first thing we do is take a breath and we leave this world. And the last thing we do is, you know, you know, give our last breath. And I'm like, mind blown. I'm like, And how, and throughout our life, from when we are born into when we die, we don't focus on our breath. We just do it so passively. But what if we were to focus on that breath and how Mm. much more you could really just have like calm, center? Like there's just so many benefits from it. Like I can't even list it, but I'm like, whoa, like I'm like, okay, Tiffany, focus on breathing. Like just take like, you know, five minutes just to breathe and You know, when I drive, I drove today, I went to an event and I was just breathing. And I was like, okay. And it gave me energy because normally I get really tired and fatigued very quickly. And I, you know, depend on caffeine, but I was like, wow, this really just energized me. And everything, just all the blood went to my cells. And so Mm -hmm. that's something that I'm incorporating. That's very new. And then another thing is just really, I'm trying to drink kind of like warm water in the morning I don't I, I love cold water and I put a little bit of fermented vinegar it's like a, oh. and it doesn't taste good but it's supposed to really help with your microbiome and you know and then also help with your appetite you can lose weight there's so many benefits with it so it's like a lot of people use the apple cider vinegar but this one's a fermented one from Korea that I started trying and I was like wow that's
0: pretty cool I think that breathwork quote that you shared is just so profound, and I I am going to be thinking about that for some time now because that is right. so beautiful. Right. It's so
1: simple, and it's like, how do we—and, you know, it's like so simple and
0: makes so much sense. So now onto your beauty must-haves. Let's go over your skincare routine.
1: Okay, yes. I because I test so many products, my overall routine is pretty simple, and I do that on purpose I think because I just want to make I use things that I know that I my skin needs. So like I said, anti-aging, I really want to focus on ingredients that will help with my fine lines and brightness and just kind of I have I deal with pigmentation as well. So I just really and As I mentioned before, I just try to make sure my skin barrier is very healthy so that I can continue to test new products and whatnot. But I use oil cleanser if I'm, you know, to take off SPF or makeup. And then I I double cleanse. So I do a water cleanser, water-based cleanser afterwards. And then, like I mentioned before, toner and essence. So sometimes those can be kind of similar and also different. So depending on what brand or what you're using, I just love that's that's the thing I do next I layer my skin sometimes I do three layers sometimes I do five layers you know I just kind of pat it in that's like the a lot of attention where I give to my face and then right now I'm using I'm more into like peptides and stem cells so I'm testing that because I really I'm like whatever's gonna like reverse my aging as much as I can I'm gonna do So I'm using peptides and stem cell type of products after as a serum and then vitamin C. And after that, either a moisturizer or oil, depending if it's day or night or both, and then SPF for the day. So pretty simple.
0: Yeah, really um, thoughtful routine, though. I, I, too, have gotten into peptides lately. So I'm right there with you. What are some of your favorite daily makeup products or, you know, if not even products, just, you know, what do you kind of do for makeup day to day?
1: Yeah, I'm loving the like tinted moisturizers because I've been so lazy lately. I love where it kind of has both right where protection Mm -hmm. and also pigment. And I think there's so many there's much more better products out there that actually give enough coverage. Because I think before it would be hit or miss where I had coverage where I felt I needed to put foundation. So there are better products now. So I love that if I can find a good one or use a good one. And I have been into like cream products because I love to multi-use. So I like to use it on my eyes, my cheek, my lip. So mm-hmm. anything that can be multitask and I can take with me and build. Yes. Yeah.
0: The- I'm such a cream fan. I All of my makeup is basically just like little pots <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just like touch it all over my face. That's exactly my makeup philosophy. So I'm right there with you. And finally, do you have um, any favorite hair products, anything that you're dying over, obsessing over? Obviously, everyone's hair is so different. So, you know, it's, it's I always find it hard to give hair care recommendations um, for that reason. But do you have any that you're obsessed with? <laughs>
1: I you know I've been testing some but I don't know if I have like a favorite favorite but I do I can say that I have been enjoying living proof they Mm -hmm. have like this frizz control line that I I'm like oh it it hydrates your hair but it's not too heavy and it really does the job of like your flyaways and especially because I'm a postpartum mother that has like two inches of her front of her hair sticking out it's been kind of like <laughs> like oh this is great so yeah I've enjoyed living proof
0: you know I love living proof it is such a smart brand and i I'm somebody who tends to not use silicon silicones as much in my hair care I'm not anti- silicone I know some people are i I'm not you know, I don't believe that I I need to cut them out of my routine entirely, but I do think it's really innovative how they have developed such incredible styling products without the use of silicones. I mean, yeah. just such a great brand.
1: I know. I agree with you.
0: Well, I, I thank you so much for joining me today. You shared such great advice across the board. I feel like we covered so much ground. <laughs> thank we, you for having me. I I know. I mean, thank you. We got hair care tips. We got makeup tips. We got anti-aging tips. I mean, what didn't we cover?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel so energized having this conversation with you. It just feels so good to just, you know, if it could help anyone, it just, you know, that's great. Even if it's one person, but yeah, I feel very
0: grateful. Well, you helped me, so (laughs) you've already got your one person. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs)
1: Likewise, I feel I love conversations because you just learn
0: from one another. I yeah. totally agree. That is why I love doing this. And I, you know, thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much, Alex. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us. And I will see you next week.